Hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So today's guest, I always get excited because I'm just thrilled that I get to share these people with everybody. Kate Marie dynamic and engaging professional who is best known. And this is, again, why I want to talk to these people. She's best known for her bold leaps of faith in the career world. I don't know about anybody else. I'm not even closer to the end of my career, although I would love to be, but I really know that I'm always going to be doing something. But with so much uncertainty, with coming out of remote coming into living off of the great resignation. It's really different times that let's see what's happening out there. More importantly, let's see what's possible. That's what I can't wait for. So let's see if this story sounds familiar. Ready? After leaving a toxic job (laughs) for a much better work from home job in tech. And everybody knows how tech savvy, said no one ever about Stephanie. I am. So she gets this great work from home job in tech, which more than doubled her salary and completely changed her life. Digging into that for sure. So now Katie works with individuals to motivate them to find a career that they can be excited about. I also love what I'm sure is part of her tagline, and we're going to find out more about it. But she encourages everyone to live a life that lights their soul on fire. Let's go. I'm lighting the match. So with that, I say, welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited. Um, Just super pumped. I, I love it. Happy to be here. Okay. With that, I say... We got to find out about you. So tell us about you anywhere you want to start. Oh, gosh. I, <laughs> my story is, is long and twisted, but uh, I've got time. Take your time. <laughs> so first, I think it's just really important to share that I'm from the middle of nowhere. I'm from mm-hmm. a little tiny town raised by my dad. Uh, mom was a career woman, uh, but she didn't raise me. So uh, I always assumed. Uh, Inspired to have a career, but I didn't know what that would look like. Um, when I was little and you asked what I wanted to be when I grow up, I would tell you, I want to be a woman who carries a briefcase. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, kind of fast forward, went through, went to a very small high school, 
got pregnant very young and there goes uh, my college aspirations, not because they had to, but because that was a choice I made. I put off college. I went to beauty school. I was very miserably pregnant in beauty school on my feet 12 hours a day. And I got home from school one day and my son had taken his first steps with the babysitter. Mm. I could not go back to school the next day. I just quit. And I call them leaps of faith, if you will. Mm -hmm. Some people just call them crazy. Um, (laughs) Call it what you will. I really don't Mm -hmm. care. Um, I I do what serves me, um, what what I need to do. So uh, I I just couldn't. So I quit beauty school and I got married to my high school sweetheart. And that ended poorly. But at some point in that relationship, I went back to school. I started to get a degree in accounting. And as I approached graduation, I thought of myself being in a cubicle and I freaked out. And I don't know if you can tell, but I love to chat. So for me, I was great at the math, but I was terrified of the thought of being in that cubicle. And I thought, I will never get my dream of being the woman who carries a briefcase if I cannot like figure it out. Um, so I shifted gears and I got a degree in social work. Uh, so <laughs> of all things, I, yeah, I went the very opposite direction. And so I always like to challenge the belief that there people are very like singular minded. I think that a lot mm. of people are great mm-hmm. at math, but then mm-hmm. or or math, science, business, maybe they're not very people-y. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are people who are the helpers, right? And they're very people-y and they probably shy away from more of the structured roles. And I am such a hodgepodge mess of both. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that about myself. It has served me well once I figured out how to harness it a little and, and use it to my benefit. And so got my degree in social work, immediately got an internship, which turned into a full-time role in disability rights advocacy. But really what that role was, was development. It was business Mm. operations. It Mm -hmm. was the nonprofit world. And so I ran that office by myself, fresh out of college. Wow. If I needed to learn how to do it, I just Googled it or or got a book from the library. And so I was writing grants and I was public speaking and I was showing up at conferences, national conferences. And they would say, hey, we had a speaker quit. Could you throw something together real quick? Sure, sure thing. I'm just, you know, young and hungry as we are right out of school. And I always thought that I just, the harder I worked, the more I poured into it, surely uh, I would get some kind of external validation from the leadership at that company. And so I did, I grew that program. I mean, more than 300% increase in involvement in that community program. Yes. I'm very proud of it. I was busting my butt, uh, making a huge difference, which felt really great. But at the end of the day, I got no support and no help as businesses grow 
you can't keep up by yourself sometimes, right? And so I would phone in, I would go to meetings at the main office. I was in a satellite office, again, all by myself. And so I would go there and I would say like, hey, I can take on a hundred more students with disabilities and teach them all these great life skills and leadership skills. I just need some help. And I wrote the grants for the office. So I knew exactly how much extra we had. And Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. they they just kept pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. And finally, one day I just, I had worked 80 hours that week. I got paid for 40, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I went in to teach a class of students, which was at the time my favorite thing to do. And I don't know, we were joking and laughing and wrapping up. And I went to walk out the door and I looked at the teacher and I said, I'm so sorry, but I don't think I'll be back. <laughs> and <laughs> I did go back to say goodbye to the students um, okay. one last time, but I, I got, I left the classroom. I got to my car. I'm crying because I just, I realized that I would never be able to have the impact that I wanted to have in that role with no help. It was just, it was impossible. I was just burning the candle at both ends. I would go home and I would worry about my students. I would be kind of short with my kids who were of just course. in the mm-hmm. middle and, uh, my marriage was a mess. My second marriage, actually, it just, it was too much. And I just bawled. And I remember I called my husband and I said, Hey, I don't think I can do this anymore. And mm. he's very, very old school, very much like you pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You go to work. Mm-hmm, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. care. Kills you. Like, you Suck it up work. cupcake. Sure. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He was like, I don't know who you think y'all are, but like, we, we have bills to pay. <laughs> and uh, I said, no, I don't, I don't think you're hearing me. Like oh. I, I will not go back. I can't do it. And he said, well, do what you got to do then. And I said, okay. And I sat in my car, tears pouring down my face, typing my resignation letter. And I sent it via email because I'm a professional like that <laughs> to, the, to the satellite or to the main office. And um I'm very proud of my exit interview. I will say that I, I let them know mm-hmm. everything that mm-hmm. they need to know about just all of the heart and soul I poured into that place and would have forever. And this is something that I work with businesses a lot on is understanding that if you give people the proper support and find where their passionate lies, they'll stay with you forever. Mm-hmm. You pay them fairly and you stoke that fire and they will stay forever. But when you just exploit their gifts and use them for everything under the sun, but don't pay them for that, you lose them. So I delivered that message very clearly and went on to another nonprofit, again, working in development, did a lot of their data and analysis work, which they had never had anyone do. So there was a lot of change implementation and really working with the software. And you mentioned earlier, you're not tech savvy. And ironically, Neither am I. Uh, <laughs> and I will tell you a funny story to illustrate that uh, in just a moment. But I get this new role and I'm free reign, right? Like we've never had one of these before. So whatever you think we need, let's do mm-hmm. it. That's, that's what I love, right? Like I love the process, the nitty gritty stuff. I love using data to tell a story. And I love to put a human lens on all of that. So a human lens on business operations, and it just, it gets me going. And so I, I'm chugging away at this job and the executive director and I are, are very close. 
didn't really have any other support though. <laughs> no one else knew what data was. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it, again, it was a role where it's a nine to five, you clock in and clock out. If you're five minutes late or seven minutes early, like. Or roll it in. Right, right, right. Quarter, oh yeah. Quarter hour. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. All of the things. If you had to, if you wanted to leave for lunch, you had to sign us, but it was just so structured to their detriment. And I had a couple of surgeries while I was employed there because of that time off for healing. I always felt guilty. Like when Mm -hmm. I went back, I had to Mm -hmm. give so much more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I did. And I remember, um, you know, they had a very, very large grant, like the, the main grant that funded the whole place. And the executive director just was not a gifted writer. She just wasn't. And Mm -hmm. she didn't really know how to use data. And so she would bring me pages at a time. Could you edit this? Mm -hmm. And I use edit loosely because there was nothing on the paper. Um, She didn't know what to say. So AKA fill fill in that blank space. Feel free. Throw some words here, maybe a paragraph over there. Uh Uh-huh. Right. And no pressure, but this funds our entire agency. (laughs) Uh, And so schools will shut down if you don't do this, Mm, by the way. Super. Super. Great. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you Mm -hmm. for that. And so I did. So I would do, I would do all the things, anything they ask, these huge projects. I did get promoted. I think at the height of my career there, if you want to call it that, I was making like $20 an hour. Um, and I went to a doctor's appointment for just a routine checkup. I went to an an OBGYN for a routine checkup and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get new birth control. I'm going to get back to the office. This Mm -hmm, was a long mm -hmm. time. Let's hurry, hurry, hurry. Because my whole life was hurry, hurry, hurry. Mm. And he, uh, went to do an exam and it lasted two, two minutes, if that. And he said, well, (laughs) ma'am, you're going to have surgery uh, and you're going to have it probably next week. And by the way, I think you also might have breast cancer. So while we're doing your radical hysterectomy at the age of 30, we're going to go ahead and take your breasts too. And (laughs) that was a lot in a two minute conversation. I said, sir, could you buy me dinner first? (laughs) Yeah. And I may not go back to the office after this. I'm just thinking. Yeah. Like I, I kid you not he hands me like this kit thing for tests I have to do. And he hands me all this paperwork and he just says, go to the lab before you go home. We're going to do the BRCA testing, Mm -hmm, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. We'll we'll call you as soon as we know something. And I'm like, okay, but you just said surgery was next week. I don't even know if I want the BRCA test. Like, is there any conversation here or are Mm -hmm. we just doing this? And um, he said, well, we're doing the surgery for sure. Or you will die. And I was like, oh, Okay. It's okay. <laughs> if, if you insist. I could be flexible, I guess, on that. <laughs> and so I go to the lab, they take everything and I'm bawling and it's mm-hmm. just so much to process. And my first thought was, I don't get back to the office in 30 minutes, then it's no longer a half day. It's a full day and I don't have the time off. So I drive to the office, bawling all my Packages mm-hmm. still in my hands. I've got all these papers that mm-hmm. you know those stupid pamphlets that they hand you that you're nobody never can, read. So I, I just carried it around like it's mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. this. So I went into my boss's office when I returned, 
visibly shaken, visibly upset. And I said, I'm so sorry that I have to do this again. (laughs) It's not common that I have so many surgeries in a year, but I have to have emergency surgery next year or next week. And it's looking like I may also have, you know, a double mastectomy and I will be off work for at least six weeks. And I'm kind of having an identity crisis and it's a lot. And she just said, well, I guess that will be covered under FMLA. I hope you feel better. I was like, um, keep moving lady. Wow. Okay. And I went back to my office and I knew that like the following Monday, I was just not going to go because I think Mm -hmm. surgery was scheduled for like Tuesday morning or something like that. Mm -hmm. I go back to my office and I'm looking around, I'm still crying. And I just start throwing everything in a box. And I knew that I would not be going back to that office, but I also knew that I couldn't tell them that because I would lose my health insurance. I was going to say, okay. Yeah. So I left and I had my surgery and I said nothing to anyone. And I got a call. I had started applying for online remote positions. When is this? What year is this? Is that? That would have been so right after like the first round of COVID. So like 2020. Okay. All right. So where the at home now is, it's, it's in the realm, it's there just, and people yes. are st- just starting, right? It's starting. And so mm-hmm. I'm from a very small town. So it was not starting mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. It was not available for anyone here or any job here at all. Even to the point when something else that had really gotten me down about that job I was in was that when my children were exposed to COVID and had to quarantine, I would say, hey, we're all we're all healthy. There's no one who needs to rest. I'm happy to work from home. All I need is just to bring my laptop home. Mm-hmm. You already mm-hmm. bought the laptop, so I just need to bring it home. They said, well, actually, we we can't support work from home. So even though your job could very easily be done from home, we can't support that. And then another manager, same exact level as me, same department. She even has the same name. Her kids were quarantined and she was leaving for the day and she took her laptop with her. And I said, what's going on here? Are you allowed to do that? And she and I were close friends. And she said, well, yeah, they told me to just work from home. And I was like, okay, Mm. (laughs) I am very big on equitable process. So for me, like that was a huge red flag. I had already started applying to these remote jobs. My dad had called the Better Business Bureau of every place that I had applied because he thought for sure I was getting scams. 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 And I live, you know, in this town, bless their soul. I don't fit in here. I'll just put that out there. I'm far too loud and tattooed for this place. But Mm -hmm. I, everyone, everyone told me I was getting scammed. You've got to call the BBB. You've got to, don't get it. I I just think it's so funny that I'm even hearing the Better Business Bureau in 2022. And this was again, even in 2020 and, and God love him. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. For sure. I had applied, applied, applied. And the day after surgery, I was in the hospital still. It was a one night stay. I was doing fine, but just recovering, of course. And I got a call from one of the tech companies I had applied for. And she was like, yes, so we're going to go ahead and uh, hire you on contract. And Mm -hmm. I said, uh... Okay. So I have a lot of kids to feed. At this point, I have three kids. I'm the sole provider. I had gotten my second divorce. I was on my own. I had filed bankruptcy that same month. That wasn't going to work. And um, she said, 
I just need you to trust me. I was like, lady, I don't even know you. Um, <laughs> sweet lady from Texas. Um, she's very sweet, no longer with the company, um, but love her to death because she took a chance on me. And she hired me right there. And I said, yes. It was probably the drugs from surgery, honestly. I was going to say um, a little post-stop, but that's okay. Uh-huh. You know, like a little... <laughs> A slight post-op buzz, maybe. And I was like, oh, what the hell? Like, my job sucks. So I'll try this for a while. And she said, by the way, I had applied for a disability inclusion role at the company. She said, by the way, I'm not hiring you for that role because this particular space, you would be very frustrated. You would not be able to make the impact that you're hoping to make. The powers that be, I promise you, you will not be satisfied. By the way, knowing all that I know now, she was spot on. I would have been mm. miserable. But she said, I am going to hire you for recruiting. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. Uh, I mean, I've, I've interviewed and hired people for all of these nonprofits that I was working for. So mm-hmm. sure, that seems mm-hmm. easy enough. Okay. And so that was it. And then I, so I, I took a contract job <laughs> with a person I never really met before. We had had a Zoom meeting. Uh, that was the interview process. And a company I'd never heard of, a software as a service company that I had to Google what SaaS even meant. I'm like, S-A-A-S. Did they mean SaaS like S-A-S-S? And I would, I asked that question out loud. Don't do that, by the way, if you're trying to break into tech. It's software as a service. There, I just helped everybody out. But there you go. Yeah. I put that in the show notes just as an extra little, here you go. Here's a little gem little carrot for you. Like there it is. <laughs> just so you don't look like Katie did when she entered this okay. company. I just, I started recruiting. And when I first started, my salary was not quite double, but sure enough, after my three month contract, by the way, I totally freaking crushed it in recruiting. Um, I hired 101 people in my first 11 months. So really, I love so much about it. I love how it marries again, that process with the candidate experience. So I get to be business and people minded all day long, which I love. And so I was able to tailor my resume in a way that showed that I had done some of those responsibilities before I I had Mm -hmm. interviewed, I had recruited, I had edited job descriptions, whatever. And then they met me and they realized, okay, she's definitely a people person outgoing. She has no problem presenting whatever. And so after that three month mark, I got hired in full time. And at that point, my salary doubled. So I went from literally filing bankruptcy to making double the very same year. And I have realized in my time at that company that I really love that process and that development. I really love helping businesses get off on the right foot. It's the best of both worlds. So disclosure, in my day job, when I'm not hosting this lovely podcast that I love, I'm an HR director during the day. So (laughs) that is beyond perfect. And I'm listening and I hear everything that you say. And where do we even start? I'm going to pick one door and then we'll go from there. So interesting that you had this faith, blind faith, and something had to have been, I'll just say pushing you or, but I'm also getting the feeling in just our first few minutes of speaking here, regardless of what 
And it's not even an obstacle. What presented itself could delayed your college. You missed that first step. And now you knew what you wanted. You're going to do whatever it took because children are involved. And clearly, perhaps you might have some naysayers around you. I'm just speculating. Call me crazy. But you're simply driving forward. Your foot's not really, you might take it a little off the gas, but you're not pulling over. You're not like, you know, no moss. No, you'll be like, you know what? If it's not this, it's something else. And interesting, I want to say how things present itself when it came down to your health and you used I don't know, you know, the hysterectomy at 30, oh, and cancer in the same sentence that you still thought about and you went back to the office. And I so get that. And why is that? Because you go full ass is what I, you know, there's no half ass about it. And whatever you're going to do, you're going to do it at 100% because that's you and your work represents you. And even though they said, yeah, no, you're having, I'm having right away. Did you really mean right away? Cause you know, I have the deadline coming. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. or else you will die. Oh, okay. So next week does work for me. All right. I can fit that in the calendar. On second thought. Yeah. But where do you get your balls from? I mean, where in the world? What I love is, your total belief in yourself. Cause I didn't hear once of, you know, like, I don't, I, you know, I'm if I don't know tech you and we all, you know, you, I didn't know what SAAS, whatever the hell it is. Didn't know what that means yeah. either, but that doesn't define your level of intelligence. More importantly, what you're capable of. Yeah. So it's actually, it's so funny that you say that because even as I sit here, this is something that I work diligently on daily, every single day, I have to remind myself. And um, I'm actually, I'm reading rich as fuck right now. And this morning, one of the quotes that she was talking about was just the stories that we tell ourselves. Mm. And she was like, she basically, she was talking about, she believes in a higher power. And if you believe in a higher power, you believe that you were designed however you were designed on purpose, right? It was intentional. So she's like, Unless God wrote it on some magical chalkboard in the sky, is it true or is it just a story you're telling yourself? And I fall into that trap mm -hmm. weekly. And when I quit my job, I did it with shaking hands. And I was mm -hmm. like, what the fuck are you going to do if you can't feed your kids next week? But more than any of that, I just got to a point where I just couldn't. And it was time away from my babies. It was, I was still broke anyway because they were paying me shit and I just couldn't. And, and one thing about me that I've always been confident in and what I try to teach others is that you can learn anything. Anything. So yes. if I didn't know, literally when one of my jobs, the second nonprofit I worked for, I had applied for this data analysis position. I had not gone to school for data analysis. Mm -hmm. I had not done anything. I was reading the job description in the waiting room before they called me in. Mm -hmm. And I was Googling the words mm -hmm. in the TV because I had no idea what some of that was talking about. But through conversation, 
I realized like, it shows okay. I it through conversation <laughs> again, the scammer from Texas who hired you <laughs> realized probably seeing you, but more importantly, just hearing and knew where your strength was. Yeah, absolutely. And she, I, I just love her and I recruit the same way that she did mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where I just, I really pull for the underdog. I like the transferable skills, the unusual backgrounds and, and, right. A lot of times I can sell that to my hiring manager. Some, not always, um, you know, I'm not, you know, here to sell a story, but I just know for myself, whatever it is, I will tell you that I know all about it. And then I'll learn it in the parking lot before I walk in and I'll present myself as an expert until I become one. Mm-hmm. And I will fail a hundred times. And I probably wrote the crappiest grants ever when I first started. And then I was a grant writer. And I wasn't a disability rights advocate until I was. And I had never taught a classroom of students until I did. And I, you know, the state of Ohio still uses my curriculum for one of the programs that I wrote. I did not have a single bit of education experience, but Mm. I was teaching leadership skills and job skills. And I knew a lot about that. And I knew a lot about how we can present ourselves in a way that gets us ahead. And so no matter what job I'm in, I always, always, always take the opportunity to learn more, help out another Mm -hmm. department or volunteer Mm -hmm. for a project, uh, as long as it's within the scope. That is one thing I had to teach myself was that if you volunteer for everything, they will make you do it for free Mm -hmm. and they won't, they don't care if you go over your hours or whatever. So I did have to reel it in a little bit. I I do want to caution people about that. But if you truly want to grow and learn and break into these new industries or just try something different, then just volunteer, ask, take a free online course. They're everywhere. That is one thing. Like I knew I couldn't fail, right? Like I had kids to feed. That wasn't a choice. And if I announce publicly that I'm doing something, I'm doing it. Uh whatever it is, I'm doing it. And sometimes you just have to take a step back and remind yourself of who the fuck you are and what you've done up until now. And when I applied for these tech jobs, I thought one in a million chance, these people aren't even going to call me back. Shits and giggles, throw it against the wall. Let's see. And why not? And And why not you? I am just as deserving of an interview. 15 minutes of your day, like, sorry for any other recruiters who are listening to this right now, they'll probably cry, but I I don't mind giving 15 minutes of my day to somebody mm-hmm. who might seem a little off skelter, a little out there in terms of uh, experience or ex- expectations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know what? I could do the job. That's all that matters. I could do the job. So someone, someone do that. So someone believe me for that. It was a combination of knowing that I couldn't fail and mm-hmm. every single day reminding myself of all the different things I've learned and done and up until now that I had no exposure to prior. And yet, and yet you just rattled off and I wasn't until, and I wasn't until, and I think it's interesting, uh, something similar. You tried a lot of different things. I think I want to do this. I think I I, I went for accounting. I, I worked in accounting my early years. I think I want to be an accountant. Holy shit. No, I don't. Get, I'm missing the people. I'm, so 
I go now I'm making a difference and I'm serving and slowly, you know, you're putting, you're, you're following your trail of breadcrumbs and you're putting your picture together and it becomes a little clearer and a little clearer. And perhaps your exits needed to happen that way. Like it had to be dramatic or else you may still be there and not never finding out nonetheless living up to your potential. And you're not limited by, I'm a social worker. Um, I work for the I am, the I am's. You were, you said you were, but that's not who Katie is. It just happens to be who's, you know, that's where I'm getting my paycheck from right now. Yes. Is it filling my heart because I love to do it this way and I love what it brings to me? Absolutely. Positively. But then when it gets out of balance and then Katie's not winning, it's, it's very lopsided. Yes. That's when the changes happen. And you were like always ready for it, always ready and not afraid to learn. I think so many people, and I'm curious about your opinion, they get stuck in. And when I look at resumes and I see that they've done different things, well, that tells me they're teachable. Like, well, they've worked in like three different types of industries. I've worked in a thousand different types of industries. And I always say, yeah, no, I've never done this before, but I've got more than half a brain. I can learn and let's go from there. All I'm saying is um, it's interesting that people can learn having different types of jobs in different industries and having exposure to be a data analyst and be in tech and be a social worker and be like, that's all over the place. So that speaks. And and that's for me, that's fine. That's like, she can do anything, you know, she can even learn our industry type thing. So tech, as I joke, it is a four letter word um, (laughs) in this house, but I'm really curious because here's my stereotypical thought of tech. And obviously for the young, very smart minds, what could I possibly do? I want to hear, talk to us about what the tech world might have to offer people and and why they should start expanding their thought process. First of all, let me just say, like I went to tech specifically for the money. I'm not afraid to Mm -hmm. admit that. Okay. Um, So I think that there are a lot of corporate roles mm-hmm. that people forget about because they hear tech and they think, oh my gosh, I have to code. The corporate positions, they don't pay at quite the same level as the coding engineers, all mm-hmm. of the, the designers, but they still pay more than other industries for the same role. So I wasn't applying for the very technical roles in tech. I was applying for more corporate roles. And so that's always what I encourage people to think about when they are looking into tech, especially anyone with any kind of education background. Every tech company has learning advisors, product coaches, Mm. people who teach our customers how to use the product. No one, unless they already worked at your company, would have that knowledge. So the company is already willing to hire someone fresh and new. Because mm. you're going to have to get trained anyway, because you have to know our software. It doesn't Correct. matter that you taught Correct. somebody else's software. And so that's a really great entry level. Any of the HR functions, there are, and a lot of the really large tech companies have 
a lot of HR roles. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even know how many people are on our HR team, honestly. And right. Cause you have your generalist, then you have your specialist, then you've got your benefits and you've got your wow. And then someone to oversee all of them. Uh Yeah. And then same with like the finance department. So a lot of their more entry level. So like uh, anybody who's working with headcount, a lot of companies and not all, I'm certainly not speaking for every tech company, but a lot will hire more entry level there looking for someone who's looking to break into Mm -hmm. the industry because they're doing a lot of headcount just tracking and it's, Mm -hmm. it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, really anyone can learn that. And I just recently hired a business analyst who worked in an ER. You have so many transferable skills. You can do something. And one thing I do want to make sure I say is like, when Mm -hmm. I'm talking about tech companies, I want people to consider all of them, not just Google, Amazon. Not just the big, oh, because there was, I mean, but there are so, so many, as you say, software as a service, it's, there's, there's so many that fall into that category. I think that people just definitely have to branch out. And the only reason I'm saying that is not that Google and Microsoft are bad companies or anything like that, but it's harder to get into. And they're more oftentimes more specific about years of experience, et cetera. Because if you think about it, they are so well-developed that they know exactly what they need and what they want and their workloads are bigger and all of that. Whereas if you get to like a startup or Mm -hmm. even into like that third, fourth year, they're still very hungry. There's a lot of growth. Sales, LDR roles, you can do that with no experience, but you have to present in an interview as if you're hungry to sell. You have to be outgoing. The thought of sales terrifies me, and yet I do it every day. It's a transferable skill that people forget that they have. If you love public speaking, if you love to educate, you know, there are just so many little roles like that. Specifically, Mm -hmm. uh, again, sticking more to the corporate side. I mean, so many people could get into. Every company has its own requirements. Every hiring manager has their own level of flexibility, if you will. Mm -hmm. But I'm really really passionate about changing the hiring process. And a a large part of that is helping businesses to consider those transferable skills more rather Mm -hmm. than a specific college degree or a specific number of years of experience that actually. Yeah. The one it's the ones that like the knockout questions or the knockout requirements that when you're answering an ad, let's say on indeed or zip, I don't have a four-year degree. I have thousands of years of work experience and have no problem. And let me, you know, tell you all about it. But yeah, didn't finish it. So whenever I see that, and believe me, that like probably 10 years ago, at the time, it was one of my dream companies, which ironically, I read about a lawsuit today. But it was the WWE. It was the wrestling. And it was right across a a ferry ride for me to get to. I just I knew it was a good company and I really wanted to work there. The ad was like written for me. I'm like, I could do this. I could do this. And what stops me dead in my tracks required for your education. But it's or, you know. I didn't even know how the hell old am I? I've got like 40 years of you name it. I've done it and can do more for you, but I never submitted it. That's that little. Yeah. It just stops me. If you were a man, you would have. Ah, yeah. You would. They do. Yeah. I'm not 
obviously putting down men, uh, but my point is that mm-hmm. men are more willing to take a ch- They will apply for a job that they qualify 30% of the requirements. Women will not apply unless they meet 100% of the requirements. And that's statistically proven uh, time again. You just there. need so to say that, that again. And I really needed to talk to you years ago because, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, my God. You're and, so right. And sometimes there are a couple people who they're like, nope, I said five years and that's what I meant. Dang it. And to that, I say, who would want to work for that asshole anyway? Fuck them. Agreed. Agreed. So. I will say you do have to be willing to express your demonstrable experience. Mm. That's it though. That's it. And Mm. by the way, this pep talk is as much for me as it is for anyone listening, because I I do the same thing. I'll read a job description and I'm like, Oh, Mm. how they want eight years. Uh, I don't have eight years. And then I like start to add up and I'm like, Hey, yes. Yeah. Maybe I do. Right. And so here's the thing. Like, first of all, in this market, it is a candidate's market. And that it is, is. that it is, is for sure. And so, yes. And so if you're on LinkedIn right now and you're reading about all the layoffs and all that, like it's a little bit rough in the tech industry right now. I'll, I'll say that it's getting a little rough. Some companies are like requiring people to come back to the office, which is ridiculous. Nope. Some people are laying off quite Mm-hmm. in quite a large quantity. And some people are rescinding offers. And so there are some questions you want to ask just kind of about trajectories for the year and things like that. But it is still, even despite all those headlines, because that's what they are, they're just headlines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Despite all of that, it is still a candidate's market. There are companies that I have researched this last week that have had roles open for over 140 days. That is bananas they are mm. more likely to consider people. Right. And if they're not likely, then they need someone like me to come in and help them with their hiring strategy and help them see it's been open for 140 days because you're so inflexible. I, I do really want to emphasize that if you meet 70% of the qualifications, mm. you should be Okay. I'm going to keep that in mind and really, yeah, I'm going to listen to your words. Let's say the company that you work for, are they a hundred percent remote? Because yeah. you're recruiting remote. Everything is Zoom. You you've never shook the hand of or sat across the table from anybody. You're just finding, or they're finding you, and then let's zoom away because this is how the work will be. Yeah. So I actually do my screens um, without video just because I don't want them to feel like a formal interview. So I don't want Mm -hmm. people to worry Mm -hmm. about what they're wearing and things like that. And I'm cool as hell. Like I'm fun to to screen with. So I I keep it fun and light, but yes. So our CEO went live and basically said like, okay, well, during COVID, you all proved that you could do the work, like you're crushing it. Mm -hmm. So why would I make you come back? That makes no sense. So from now on, moving forward, we're remote first, hybrid optional. So they have a couple of offices that are open that you could go to if you wanted to, if you were local Mm -hmm. to them. But other than that, fully remote. And I will tell you what, it has changed my life. Mm. It has changed my life. I will never go back. So you made the, I'll say transition because some people had a hard time 
and mm-hmm. others others were like, come home to mama. Yes, this is what we wanted. And then everything in between because of the hecticness of also kids learning from home at, you know, and who's teaching the kids when you're trying to work and and space and yes. bandwidth and all of and the break from. I'm sitting at my table and I don't have a designated office or I don't have a designated spot. And then that whole crossover to work life balance. But at the end of the day, you have zero commute. I drive over an hour each way. When I was remote, we were remote for six weeks in the beginning. And I was like, but I still would get dressed every day. Mm -hmm. I, I did my routine. I still exercised. I got dressed, makeup, perfume. Because I'm working. That to me is my work mode. If I'm just doing a Zoom with my family or whatever, then who cares? I don't. I don't care what I look. You know, they're not recording it. But I had to be that way to stay for me in work mode. Yes, I go in cycles like that. Yes. So mm-hmm. I'll do great for a while, and then I'm working for my recliner and my sweatpants. But the thing is, is that the work still gets done. So it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. matter. Like, and most people will do things that are measurable, which is what mm-hmm. I always say. Like, like, yes. I know most, a lot of administrative work or even for me, HR, I'm like, listen, did everybody get paid? Well, then I guess I worked, didn't I? You know, did everything get taken care? Oh, then I guess I worked. It's measurable. If I'm going to fuck yes. off, then you'll be like, Hey, what happened to the direct deposit this week? Oh yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> Oops, about that. Yeah. <laughs> on. Hey, yeah. that happens. But yeah, and it so, is it is measurable. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's another thing to really be careful with when you're rep- mm-hmm. applying for remote jobs. Mm-hmm. My company and most I hope that most companies are very much output based, like they mm-hmm. the measurable stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have full flexibility. I drive my kids to school. I pick them up every afternoon. It's a one hour drive, 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back. I wake up at 5 a.m. and I do my sourcing at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. because it's quiet in my house and I can. And then I fit in my phone screens during the day when it works mm-hmm. for candidates. I get my shit done and that's all they care about. And it's like that for all the roles. You have to be available for meetings with your clients, obviously. Mm-hmm. For me, it's mm-hmm. the candidates. For sales, you know, it's other companies, whatever. But there's that flexibility. I don't have to take a day off for a doctor's appointment. I just go and come right. back. Right. Right. No one cares. Now, there are companies that I've read about that will measure your time online. Or the mouse clicks. You got to click a certain number. Mm -hmm. Keystrokes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. If that's, if you have time to do that, to to pay attention to that, I just question really the overall production you've got going on. If I'm being really honest, I'm, I'm not down for the micromanagement in that way. So that would be my caution would just be to ask in the interview. So tell me what this remote situation and this flexibility looks like. Like, tell me what that looks like for your company. You mentioned that flexibility and work-life balance is one of your core values. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how do you live that out? What are some demonstrable programs that you have or initiatives that you have that that show me that as a value? And candidates never ask me that. Never. Huh. And it's my favorite question. And mm-hmm. I tell them anyway, like, hey, let me tell you how we demonstrate this. Like, we're mm-hmm. not, we don't just talk about it. Here's what we do. 
So that would be my one caveat is that some companies idea of remote is still very micromanaged and other companies are not. Either way, I'm never going back to an office. So write that down. Recorded for infinity. That's it's there. It's timestamped. And this is what she said. Yep. It is just bananas to me that there's this whole world and especially coming from where I come from. There's just this whole world of jobs just like everywhere. And with remote, now people in small towns are getting exposure to these roles that they've never even heard Mm, of. Right. I I didn't even know what a recruiter was Was. because it was just a function of HR. Like I didn't, like you have a whole person for that. We have a whole eight people for that. Some companies have 75 people for that. 75 recruiters. Can you imagine? Anyway, just the possibilities are so, so big and bigger than anyone can imagine. And I think that people just play too small. They just do. It's so funny that you say that because that thought has been through my head during our whole thing. I'm like, oh, then she was playing. But then I was playing. And I was like, wait a minute, call yourself out, Stephanie. You're playing small because you didn't apply for it at the time. And I think that's a really big takeaway and perhaps our tagline and tattoo of this episode is stop playing small. Stop playing small. Why do we do it? Whatever. Okay. Listen, we do do it. And now it needs to end. Just cut the shit. And everybody has the shit. Everyone does. Everyone talks themselves out of things all the time. And I will use this episode for myself to pump myself up later because we do, we fall into that doubt, but like, why the fuck not? Think Why about like, the fuck not. I think about sometimes like, and you've probably seen like the memes, like the guy who invented the pool noodle is making, you know, he's a million billionaire, whatever, for something so, so small. And I just look at these people, you know, there are influencers who focus on makeup or clothes or uh, anything. They're, you mm-hmm. can be an influencer with any idea at all. And you can really gain a following. There was someone who recently um, was, was gaining a following uh, talking about puzzles. And I thought, well, that's very singular, right? Like that doesn't seem like you a- would, you would be surprised of puzzles right. and the market of bookmarks like on TikTok. And I love, I'm a creative. I, and I see these yeah. people, I'm like, bookmarks, like who knew stickers, Blowing my mind. I just Googled. Uh, Don't even talk to me. I'm I'm like so down the TikTok rabbit hole with that. Don't even talk to me, please. It's crazy. My point point is there are a million ways to make money. Do you think like someone woke up just knowing how to make a fucking sticker? Nobody knows that. They heard it was a good idea. So they tried it and they figured it out. And sometimes you just have to fumble your way through it until you Mm -hmm. get there. But like, Mm -hmm. why not you? All these other people are doing it with crazy, crazy things. Why not? not? I love to just, I got to kind of give you a little, I guess, tease. Like I feel, I feel my next move coming on. I feel something big coming. And I always know because I start to feel really out of alignment and just like there's more. And Mm. you just have to ask yourself when you start to feel like that, like, why not me? What the hell are you waiting on? So it definitely sounds, Katie, I don't know, like there's going to be a return episode to be like, where is she now? How did she do it? What? She's doing what now? You better let me know. A next phase, a change, whatever it is. When that comes, I so want to know. So LinkedIn, let's talk quickly about that. And then uh, 
A lot of activity on LinkedIn. Is that where, if you're looking for these types of opportunities, yeah, put down Facebook, put down Insta, put down TikTok, honestly, and get serious and start to make connections. Yes, absolutely. So LinkedIn, hands down, like you have to have Mm -hmm. a LinkedIn. You have to use a LinkedIn. You can create, even if you're not a creative, create a voice for yourself on LinkedIn so that recruiters remember you. So when your Mm -hmm. app comes through, they're like, I think I've heard her name before. Or Mm -hmm. is that the girl that's always commenting on my post? Mm Because you better believe if there's a company that I'm passionate about, which there are a few, I add and connect with everyone from their company Mm -hmm. in a tasteful way, I think. Mm -hmm. But create that for yourself. Update your experience. Be very specific in your headline. Put exactly what you're looking for, even if you're not whatever that is yet. Mm-hmm. Aspiring whatever or future whatever. Put it in there. Call it out so that recruiters know what to contact you for mm-hmm. and what you're interested in. But yes, you have to have a LinkedIn. You have to get active on it. Follow me on it. I'm not perfect, but I'm I'm working on it. I'm just learning LinkedIn. This is my first year on LinkedIn. And I honestly haven't even really probably started in like the last three months, I would say, giving it a fair shake. Okay. So it's a must, right. must, must, must. It's a must. Okay. So with that, LinkedIn, where are we going to find you at? What is your LinkedIn? Uh... Yeah. So in slash Katie, K-A-I-T-I-E, an extra I because I'm extra, dash mm-hmm. B as in boy, dash recruiter. So KDB okay. recruiter. Okay. That'll go in the show notes also. And then on social, Facebook, because you say, you know, what else, where can people find you and any extra services? Yeah. So definitely um, Facebook. I am Katie Marie. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm a little harder to find there, but I am public. My stuff's public. So you, you can find me. The best place to find me right now truly is LinkedIn. Like you're okay. gonna, even if you have to make one. And actually the people who follow me on LinkedIn are going to be the first to know about my next move as well. Uh Oh, all right. I'm, I'll make a connection later when I'm done with this. Do it. Do it. I will. I will. Well, this has been inspiring oh. and just needed to hear this today. I said earlier before we started recording, like the full moon had me like crazy and needed to talk to you at this time. I got some clarity and I hope the listeners did as well. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Anytime. Call me anytime because that's what I love. If one person walks away from this feeling inspired and believing in themselves, I'm solid. Yay. Love. Well, thank you again. It has been so much fun. And yes, I will connect with her on LinkedIn because uh, I, of course, I'm curious, the teaser (laughs) alert. Okay. I want to see what's happening. And uh, yeah, I got to get my LinkedIn act together as well. So thank you, everybody. That's a wrap. That's another one down. And I really appreciate your time today, Katie. I love the convo. I want to hear the comments, the website, joyfoundhere.com. If you haven't already done so, which I really can't believe you haven't, but please, there's still plenty of time where you hear your pods at Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it, we are, thank God. We're so appreciative. Love a review, love a five-star rating, and we'll just keep bringing more and more. I want to hear what you want. Till the next time, thank you and be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. 
If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.